Uh, if you have your Bibles this morning, would you turn with me to James chapter 1? James chapter 1, we're going to be looking at uh, verses 5 through 8. I'm going to ask you to stand. James chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. Uh, we will have the scriptures up on the screens for you to follow along, but you can follow along in whatever you have. Uh, we're going to read it in New King James and then again in New Living Translation. Uh, there are some phrases and some words that I want us to key in on this morning. James chapter 1, 5 through 8. I'm going to preface the scripture with this is, um, uh, uh, how many of you have ever read the book of James or, you know, portions? And so at some time or another, the book of James is one of the most practical books of Scripture in the Bible. As a new Christian, I actually remember uh, reading it often because it was short. I don't know if you ever wanted to read something, but you didn't want to read 66 chapters or 75 or 119. It's like, I just want something short. And, and so James has about five chapters, and so it's very doable. It's very manageable. And I like the book of James because, it, because of its practicality. I get a lot of out of it every single time I read it. And some have said that James is like a, a manual for Christian living. And then James almost proves it by giving us practical advice right from the beginning of James chapter 1 through 5 through the end of it. And uh, it's a great practical book. If you haven't read James in a while, take time this week, maybe during your fast, and read James. James 1, beginning at verse 5, in the New King James says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything, say anything, let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord, he is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. I want to read it again from the New Living Translation. I like the way it, it puts it. Is, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone, do not waver for a person uh, with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Listen to this. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world. And they are unstable in everything that they do. I want to talk about making wise decisions in 2024. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you for how your Holy Spirit has already spoken. We believe, Lord, that as we get into this new year, Lord, there, are, there are some things that you want us to handle. There are some things that you want us to do. There are some blessings that you want us to experience. And yet at the same time, we don't even realize there are some roadblocks and there are some things preventing us from receiving the blessings. There are some things preventing us from receiving your wisdom and your knowledge. And, and some of us, we don't even know it, God. We're asking, we're praying, we're believing, and, and now we're adding fasting to it. God, in the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord, that you would help us. I pray, God, that you would open the eyes of our understanding. I pray, Lord, that you would open our hearts and our minds to receive the word of God and to, to get all that you need us to get this morning 
so that we can have wisdom for the new year. In Jesus' name, God's people said, amen. You may be seated. So my goodness, life is full of choices. We make decisions every single day of our lives. And there was actually a wise man who once said, we make decisions and then the decisions that you and I make, they actually make us. That's a true statement. You know, as I look back on my own life, I know that I have personally made decisions that have had a huge impact on my life and, and so have the decisions that you've made. In fact, the quality and the direction of your life has been uh, determined by the decisions that you have made. Some of you have made some decisions and you totally regret them. Anybody have regret? I know I do. We make decisions and maybe we have regret and some of us have made decisions and we feel good about the decisions that we've made. A young businessman went to an older businessman seeking some advice, and he asked, what is the secret of your success? The older man actually replied, making wise decisions. The young man then asked, how, how can I learn how to make wise decisions? The older man said, you make wise decisions from experience. The young man asked, how can I get experience? The older man answered for making dumb decisions. I hope that's not the only way that we gain experience and wisdom. See, the fact is we're all human and we all make mistakes. Uh, Sometimes we wait too long. Uh, Sometimes we pay too much. Sometimes we say the wrong thing. Sometimes we just open our mouths, insert our foot too vigorously. We say and do stupid things from time to time. But the wise man always learns from his mistakes. I hope and pray we all learn from our mistakes and that we make better and wiser decisions next time. In the book of James, we we get some guidance on how to make wise decisions and what better time of the year to apply this wisdom than right now as we begin 2024. In fact, James, he shows us the problem, he gives us the solution, and he follows that up by giving us a promise. How many of you know that God has given promises that apply to your life and they will apply to your life in 2024? God is a God of promises. Amen? Amen. And so I want us to look at the, the problem first. And so let's see what James says that the problem is. And the problem that he indicates is indecision. Say indecision. indecision. Anybody ever have to make a decision and you're just indecisive? Like, how do I, look at what James said in verse 8. A double-minded man is unstable in, in what ways? In all his ways. The same verse in the New Living Translation says their loyalty is divided between God and the world. They are unstable in everything that they do. Indecision right there in a nutshell. And listen, in the Greek, the word for double-minded literally means to be two-spirited or to be pulled in different directions. Anybody ever been pulled in more than two different directions? Some of you have said, like I have said, I wish I could clone myself so that I can be there and I can be there and I can be there. I I wish I could just, there's just a a hard decision, a hard season that I'm in right now and I'm indecisive and and if I were to admit I'm being double-minded, I just am feeling pulled. When you're double-minded, you do have 
two loyalties. You do have at least two priorities. You are, again, being pulled in two different directions at the same time. And when that happens, you are facing and, 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 and realizing and, and experiencing confusion. It causes disorientation. That is the indecision that has come to you. It would be like a man standing next to a compass while having a magnet in his pocket. See, the compass... It wants to point to magnetic north because that's what the compass is designed to do. And yet because of the magnet in his pocket, the compass is pulled off course every time. Again, the compass is set off course because it's being pulled in two different directions at the same time. And because of the magnet, it ends up someplace in between, not really pointing one way or the other. Have you ever been double minded have you ever been double-minded and that, i mean that right there is indecision and, and that's a real problem see sometimes you have to make a decision but you're being pulled in different directions and being double-minded it makes you unstable in those moments you become confused you become disoriented it produces an unstable lifestyle eventually all your ways become unstable and that's what james is talking about here i want to give you three areas that your ways become unstable Again, the problem is indecision. Indecision makes you feel unstable. I'm going to give you three ways that you are unstable when, that is, when you're experiencing that indecision. A, you are unstable in your emotions. And be careful not to point this morning, but does anybody know someone who is unstable in their emotions at times? You worry, you can't, you worry, and so when you can't decide, you, you become confused, and maybe you can't eat because of it. Maybe you can't sleep, and you ask yourself, what should I do if I make this, this decision? Is it going to be right? Or if I make this decision, is it going to be wrong? See, indecision creates emotional instability in your life. You're up one moment and you're down the next. It's like the guy who goes to the psychiatrist and the psychiatrist will ask him, are you indecisive? And the person said, yes, and then no. The psychiatrist asks, what do you mean? The guy says, I used to be but now I can't decide. That same kind of indecision causes an instability in our emotions. One moment you are happy, the next moment you are sad, one moment you are grumpy, next moment you are confused, you are unstable because of indecision. It also causes unstable relationships. Did you know that indecision destroys marriages? Like, do you want in or do you want out? What if, I, what if I stay in? What if I get out? What if and what if? And that lack of commitment and indecision actually causes instability. Indecision destroys families. For example, when you're a parent and you keep changing the rules, it doesn't create a stable environment. In fact, it gives mixed messages to the kids. And so what are your rules today, the kid might say. Can I do this or can I, can I do that? They think mom and dad has said this in the past, but they always change their minds. And so I might as well do what I want to do. Or better yet, sometimes we see this played out where it's like, you know what? Today is a safe day to ask mom. Or maybe not. Today is a safe day to ask dad. Or, or maybe I'm going to play them against each other because that indecision, that instability emotionally, relationally has been displayed and that's kind of where they are left. That's what they are left to do in that moment. Indecision 
And lack of commitment also destroys churches. Can you, be, can you really be counted on? Are you going to be there? Are you going to do what you said you were due? Are you going to keep your word? Again, indecision causes all of this instability in relationships. It can also cause an unstable spiritual life. I want you to remember what James said in verse 7. Go back there. Verse 7 of chapter 1. Let not that man suppose that he will receive anything, anything from the Lord. In fact, being double-minded actually blocks your prayers. It blocks your commitment to God. Indecision in your life keeps, keeps God from giving his full blessing to you. It keeps you from receiving what God has for you. I mean, if you don't believe that God can do it, then why would he? Hebrews eleven six 6 says this, Without faith, no one, say no one. Without faith, no one can please God. And anyone who comes to God must believe that he is real and that he rewards those who truly want to find him. Say must. You must believe in him if you're going to get a blessing from him. If you don't have faith in him, God will not reward you in your, for your faithfulness. How can he if you don't have faith in him? Indecision clearly affects your spiritual life and double-mindedness or indecision produces like this double life. It causes instability in all your ways. It produces an unstable lifestyle. And so according to James, the problem is indecision. So how do we make good decisions? The word is... The, the solution is wisdom. Wisdom is the solution. James tells us to get wisdom. In verse 5, he says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. And then he gives us three practical steps on how to get wisdom. Again, I love James. I love the practicality, things that we can do, act, uh, uh, action steps that we can take. And so the first thing on, on how to get wisdom is, A, admit your need. Ad, admit your need. Again, the first part of verse 5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom. And so you've got to understand that nobody likes a know-it-all. Nobody, at some point in your life, you have to realize that you need wisdom, that you need knowledge. How would you know if you lack wisdom unless you examine your life, you examine your, 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 your literal every day and admit if you have a lacking for wisdom. You see, if you're lacking something, then clearly you have a need for it. And so the first thing you need to do is examine yourself and admit your need. And so let me ask you a question. How many of you this morning have so much wisdom that you don't need not even a little ounce more? You, you, have, you have all the wisdom you need. You don't need any more, and, and you, you think you're all set. Listen, clearly, God tells you you have to admit your need. We need wisdom. And listen, again, nobody likes a know-it-all. And so if you're sitting here saying, no, I never need wisdom. I've got all the wisdom I need. I don't need another little ounce of wisdom. I, I, you know, I'm good. I'm all set. Liar. <laughs> Liar. We all need wisdom. Let me tell you up front too. Wisdom is different than knowledge. 
Wisdom is different than knowledge. Wisdom is actually knowledge that is put into practice. It's knowledge put into practice. Wisdom is the practical application of knowledge. Wisdom is seeing life from God's point of view and God's perspective. And as a result of how you see it, now you are going to act because knowledge is just knowledge. It can sit around in your head. It can sit around in your heart. Until you put legs to that knowledge, you will not have true wisdom. And so do I always see things the way God sees them? No. I, sadly, no. And yet I need the wisdom to do that. In fact, we all do. And so then you need to be willing to A, admit your need as a part of the solution, and then B, you need to be able to ask for wisdom. Say ask. Remember, James 1.5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him do what? Ask of God. So, so how do you get wisdom? Do you get it by asking social media, getting on Facebook and saying, hey, I need to make this decision or that decision. What do you guys think? Do we get wisdom by reading a, a magazine, by watching TV, by taking smart pills? No. The Bible says in Proverbs 2 and verse 6, for the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. And since the Lord gives wisdom, then we need to ask for it. In fact, we need to pray for him to it, to, to give it to us. Again, wisdom comes from God. And so ask God to give you some. And that's a major part of the solution. See, I, I pray to God all the time, asking him for, to give me wisdom. As a person, as a pastor, I don't have all the answers, but I know the one who does. I ask him to guide me daily. I ask him to lead me. I ask him to show me the way. Then, then when you ask for wisdom, you also need to ask in faith. In other words, you need to anticipate an answer. Did you know that when you pray, you should expect God to answer? We should anticipate it. And so ask in faith for wisdom and you shall receive. James 1, 5, and 6. Let's go back there again. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach and it will be given to him. But, say but, but let him ask in faith without doubting, with no doubting. I want you to say the words no, without doubting, with no doubting, with no doubting. If you want wisdom, first you need to ask the right person. Who are you asking? Hopefully you're asking God. Then you need to ask in the right way. How do we ask? We ask in faith, believing that God will answer you. And so believe and don't doubt. This means that the key to wisdom is prayer, where you're asking, and the condition to receiving is exercising that faith. Have you ever prayed for something and didn't get it because you believed that God wasn't going to give it to you in the first place? What is that all about? Well, I pray, but I don't really think God, God really doesn't care. I, I pray, but, you know, it's 50-50. Will God give it? Will God, you know, it's just, why did you ask for something when you believed that God wasn't in it? When you believe that God wasn't going to answer you anyway, you might as well not have asked in the first place. How many of you remember the story of Peter walking on the water? Do you remember that? 
And so Peter asked Jesus if he can walk on the water. Jesus says, come on, Peter. Peter jumps out of the boat and starts walking on the water. He's got his eyes on the Lord. He has his faith in his Savior. Remember, Jesus had told Peter to get out of the boat. And Peter trusted the words of Jesus, but then Peter, what does he do? All of a sudden, he took his eyes off of Jesus. He started to look around at the winds. He started to look around at the waves. And he thinks, what in the world am I doing? I'm not supposed to be out here. People aren't supposed to walk on water. Next thing you know, boom, instant baptism. Down goes Peter, sinking into the water. And so the moment, listen, the moment you take your eyes off of Jesus, the moment you stop trusting in the word of God, the moment you stop believing in him, you're in trouble. You and I, we need faith to walk faithfully. And so the problem is indecision. The solution is wisdom. Admit your need, ask for wisdom, ask in faith, believing that you're actually going to get it. And finally, the promise. I said this earlier, how many of you believe that there are promises in the word of God that God has for you? A promise that God has for you. I hope you do, but the promise here is that God is faithful. Anybody believe that God is faithful? Uh, let's look again at verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach and it will be given to him. And so God wants to give you wisdom. Do you really believe that this morning that God wants to give you wisdom? I hope you do. In fact, he's eager to give you wisdom. He's ready to give you wisdom to handle 2024. The Lord wants to give you the best that he can, but you need to ask in faith. Now, I said this in the earlier service. I, I like it. When my kids ask, not so much when they just take. Asking is good, right? How would you like it if someone took your keys and took your car? You got to go to work in the morning and all of a sudden you're like, what the heck? I put my keys on the thing there and they're gone. I look outside, my car's gone. Or how would you like it if someone went into your wallet and all of a sudden you know you had $250 in there and that $250 is gone because somebody didn't ask. They just took it and said, you know, I really need to go buy something. I'm just going to take it out of mom's purse or dad's wallet. I'm just going to take it. I'm just going to take it. I'm going to, you know, I have access to your bank account. I'm just going to go and I'm going to wipe it out. And I need a vacation. Anybody need a vacation? You want to go to warmer weather? We want to get out of here. We want to see the sun, maybe see some palm trees. And so I'm just going to help myself to your account because I've, I've got the digits to your account. And I, I can go in there and I didn't ask. But you need to ask. You need to ask. Look, the Lord wants to give you the best things. He wants you to ask. I want you to notice something in verse 5 again. The words are liberally and without approach. I want you to look at the word liberally first. In the Greek, that word liberally can be translated openly, frankly, sincerely, bountifully, or generously. And so it's like God gives and gives and gives, and then he gives some more. God loves to give his children wisdom. My cup overflows is a, an expression that's used in the Bible. It definitely applies here. It's not just full, it's overflowing. God always gives above and beyond what I deserve. Anybody ever experienced that? God is a giver. He gives us more than we deserve. That's why the New Living Translation says in verse 5, ask our generous God for wisdom. The next words in verse 5 are without reproach. Literally in the Greek, I like this. In the Greek, it means without showing teeth. 
without show, so without reproach means without showing teeth, and which sometimes translate into without looking like we're growling at you. And so my dog Aslan loves to play, but sometimes I can get him to bark on command. I can get him to show his teeth by not giving a toy back to him fast enough. Now people may not show you their teeth, but ask them to lend you something and they might give it to you grudgingly. They're not really happy about it. They might even try to make you feel guilty as they put it into your hands in a way they are showing you their teeth. They are grudgingly giving something to you, but that's not in God's character. The New Living Translation captured this in verse 5 by saying that he will not rebuke you for asking for wisdom. Did you know that, that when you pray to the Lord and you ask him for something, he won't rebuke you? He doesn't rebuke you for asking. In regard to wisdom, he wants you to ask because he wants to give. The Lord gives you wisdom and he does it joyfully. He's happy to give you wisdom. He's cheerful to give you wisdom. Have you ever wondered why God loves a cheerful giver? I'll tell you why. Because God himself is a cheerful giver. And when you and I give cheerfully, we are literally imitating God. We are becoming godly or godlike in character like our Father every single time we give cheerfully. Worship team, come on back. Aren't you glad that our God loves to give? Anybody glad that God loves to give? I mean, he gives us grace. He gives us mercy. He gives me forgiveness. James tells us that he will give us wisdom if we ask in faith. Remember, God is faithful. He promises to be faithful to us. And so here we are, new year. 2024, where do you need wisdom right now for this new year? What's the next big decision in your life? Is it a, a career decision? Is it a retirement decision? Is it a, a procedure or an operation that you've been putting off that possibly you need to, to make happen? Is it an investment? Is it about salvation? God is here to give you wisdom. And all you gotta do is ask in faith. Listen, I don't know about you, but the greatest decision I ever made was to become a follower of Jesus. Anybody say amen to that? Your greatest decision was to follow Jesus. Uh, you know, and it, if anyone is here today and you've never done that, I'm always recommending that that is where you begin. Repent, receive Jesus today. That's the best and, and most wisest decision you can make. Following Jesus is the only thing that will produce stability in your life. Following God is the only way you can live in peace with God and in peace with yourself. James chapter 1 verses 5 through 8 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally, openly, freely, and without reproach, without showing you his teeth, it will be given to him, but let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. And so make wise decisions in 2024 by asking God for wisdom in faith and he will lead you and guide you. 
faithfully. Let's stand, close in prayer. Father, thank you so much for your goodness toward us. You're such a good God. You're such a good God. I'm so thankful that when we failed you in 2023, even in the last week, God, when we failed you, I'm so glad that you didn't discard us. I'm so glad that you didn't quit on us. I'm so glad that, God, when we show you how faithless we are, you just keep showing us your faithfulness. I'm so glad that when we think we've got it all together and, and we don't think we need anything, that, God, you are still there. You never leave. You never hang it up. You never throw in the towel. God, you are there. You are here this morning with everyone. Lord, it is your desire to cheerfully give us the wisdom that we need for those hard decisions that we may need to make, for those changes that you want to make in our lives. God, you've got so many awesome and great blessings for us, but, Lord, you are waiting for us to exercise our faith. You are waiting for us to act in wisdom, Lord, that you have given us knowledge and you have given us your word and you have given us direction and you are waiting for us to act in wisdom because, God, you have given us the wisdom that we need to make every decision, to honor you, to live for you, to glorify you in everything we say and in everything we do. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for helping us to make wise decisions. In Jesus' name, God's people said, amen.